Hey guys, a while back we mentioned that we were going to have a Liberty Tree book club, and the first book we said we were going to read is the book Chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the 60s by Tom O'Neill. We are currently slogging through it. It's actually a great read, but it's just taking us time to, to, to read it. I believe James has finished. So uh, in a few more episodes, we're going to do a show on that book. Um, so highly recommend you read it. I'm about halfway through. And goddamn, it is a compelling read. So get it on Audible or wherever else you listen to books or read the actual paper copy like Matt's going to do. All right. Let's start the show. You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Thanks, Mr. Uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. I want to laugh, and, and I am laughing. I know. But at the same time, it's like, I, this is not good. It's not good. <laughs> it's is, not funny. It's not funny. It is funny. It's, I don't know if I should just pull up a lawn chair and just watch the fire go. <laughs> or I should be trying to like hose down my roof and yeah. cut all the trees down in my yard. Like, oh, Maybe we have a fighting chance here. I don't know, dude. I think we all just pack our bags and drive to San Francisco where one of those nuclear missiles is guaranteed to be aimed. Let me start Actually, off with two words. Made in America. Made in America. One. Wait. I don't know. I was counting. Could you do it again? I didn't. What are you? What are you, a math major? Okay. I just. <laughs> Made in America. Huh. You know, as I told my buddy today, because I was, I was uh, reading about that. They blew up that bridge uh, uh, that connected Crimea from the mainland. Right. And Crimea Putin, River. <laughs> Putin responded by just bombing the shit out of all these cities. And you my me and my buddy were talking. It's like it's it's a very real possibility that this very hot war is like popping off. Like not about to pop off, but it is popping off. And we now it is being admitted, it's being verified that we have troops on the ground in, yeah, you in told Ukraine me that. right now. Yeah. 
And to think of who is holding the steering wheel right now, given that our president has any say in what's going on, yeah. <laughs> but let's just say that he does, yes, for argument's sake, like that is scary. An all-out buffoon. Yeah. But Do you hear about Trump playing the supercut of his gaffes at one of his rallies? No. Yeah, apparently it was... I haven't listened to the clip yet, but he played this supercut. They're not hard to find. So we had just a little quick video made up. Would you like to see it? How would you say your mental focus is? Oh, it's focused. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's... I, I haven't... Look. Let's get ready to bumble! <laughs> bumble. <laughs> I think it's a right... For people that bad at health care. <laughs> True internet suffered to pressure. God, I said, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. Y'all ready for this? I was going to put him in uh, foot. Corn pop was. That's, that's, that's got to be the best one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best one. <laughs> oh my God. Hey. It's not like I, I, I'm just sitting here going, can we just get. Trump back because that was the good old days, but I am kind of. I mean, it's like I'm not. We were just talking about. I'm no like Trumpophile, but Jesus Christ, just like a some modicum of like a normal human being standing up there. Rational, basic behavior. That's what we're looking for, and we're looking at Trump for that, which is just how bad (laughs) things have gotten. How fucked everything is. Well. we you have a, we have a, we have a backup plan, dude. Hold on. Oh, we do. Is that what you're... You know, I asked my team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, remember Venn diagrams? Those three circles, right? And then let's just see where they overlap. So I asked my team. I said, you know, do a Venn diagram on two circles for me, um, and and in particular, the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How high is she? I mean, hopefully. <laughs> no, honestly, <laughs> hopefully. it does. That is what I, I kind of can relate to that uh, cadence by being too high for a situation and just struggling to get to the end of the sentence. Yeah. Just kind of get out of the situation you're in. And you're just like, I, I, just reaching for that yep. rip cord, like, oh, everyone's looking at me. Everyone's use, looking at me. I'm like, I'm, I'm seven minutes deep words. on this conversation right now. <laughs> Oh, my God, dude. You know what? If you can't laugh about this shit, then uh, you're just going to go insane. So, yeah. I hope we can bring that to a few few ears out there. Yeah. Um, by the way, cheers. Cheers. I, uh, happy to be alive. Yes, uh, still. Yeah, no nuclear missiles oh, in the man. air. Yeah, yeah, I lost 40 bucks on that, by mm-hmm. the way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So. Kind of a dumb bet on your part, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. Things looked. I picked you up from the hospital. I was like, "Ooh, what?" He's looking up. No, no, no. Other way. I, I called our buddy. I was like, uh, "What are we in for twenty? Yeah, let's make up forty. I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had me surviving. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. No. Yeah, no, you'll be missed. Okay. What? No, what what's what that? Was that last part? <laughs> no, <laughs> you got it, bud. You look good. Thank you. So uh, I was down in Costa Mesa this weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I went down to help my buddy Chris design his <clears throat> garage and figure out uh, kind of you know how we're going to permit it and build it and mm-hmm. all that. That was kind of like the cover story, right? For going down there, really, it was just an excuse to go hang out with Chris. <laughs> and uh, so he 
his wife wasn't in town. Yeah. And uh, he told his wife, he's like, don't, you know, he's just coming down for... Work on per meeting every time you leave town. Design <laughs> meetings, basically. And, <laughs> you know, with the with this health stuff, uh, he hasn't been drinking, so I don't think we're really going to get... <laughs> and then she calls him later that day. She's like, I listen to the podcast. They're cracking beers from the very beginning. The, the whole way through, they're cracking beers. <laughs> and he tried, Chris tried to be like... Well, it could have been like sodas. They were calling it medicine. <laughs> Gig is up. Yep, yep. So, Kiki, thank you for sharing Chris for the weekend. I had a blast, and your kids too. What a good time yeah. I had down there. We went to the uh, to the flat track. Nice down there, the dirt tracks. You want to hear what the uh, hell yeah the dirt track sounds like? Down in Costa Mesa. Dude, if you can't enjoy this sound. I've been to stuff like that before. Uh, it's awesome. So fun. And we went there with uh, Chris's, fa- Ooh, Chris's father-in-law, Wink Eller, mm-hmm. who... Uh, People who know his name, no, they're like they probably are thinking you hung out with Wink Keller. Yeah, like he's you know I never knew who he was before I met them, but in terms of motorcycle, like history and celebrity, he is right up at the top. Yeah, and really cool guy. <clears throat> Gave me his moonshine recipe. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. He has a secret. There's a couple secrets in it that uh, he won't share. So I'm very honored and flattered to have uh, pretty cool gotten that. Yeah. Nice. You showed me his uh, X-ray picture. That was <laughs> I like. I had to look at it. And I was like, I th- "Am I seeing this wrong, or is this like Photoshop?" Or no, something? all of his bones. He is the Terminator. Are metal. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty badass. It's insane. So all that that all came from motorcycle accidents. I'm assuming. I didn't ask. Actually, that's a good question. Really? That's my assumption as well. Yeah. But from some of the stories he was telling. I don't know. I mean, they could have come from him being shot yeah. or beat up or yeah, the few stories uh, that car you told accidents. Me. Yeah, I the, mean, the few stories that you told me is like, this dude is hardcore. He is the real deal. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, what a what a great time. Nice. Yeah. I got to I got to go down there with you sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? We'll uh, see if you can come down and help me build Chris's garage. I would love that. Yeah, because we'll bust it out. Lickety split if the both of us yeah. were down there. Yeah, he'd probably love that too. Um, Chris, if you're listening, shoot me a text. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I got my son uh, who's nine onto. We slowly started the kind of father son ritual of like revisiting the movies from when I was a kid. Nice, and I'm always curious. I don't, I watch maybe three movies a year, and it's when I'm injured and uh-huh. stuck on the couch. Is, right, right. And it's usually the the most disturbing, like departures from normal society behavior horror movie <laughs> kind of stuff, kind of thing. Um, but now my son is like getting into movies. Is we wa- rewatch some of the old classics, and then I am enjoying watching. I'm like, which one of these like actually holds up? You know. So we watched uh, Raiders of the Ark, for example. Lost Ark. Lost Ark. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, holds up. Great. Oh, great movie. Yeah. Uh, Top Gun ah. is phenomenal. Yes. Top Gun, he really gravitated to I was going to say, he must have loved that. It's insane. Like, he's, and then. And I, he has aviation Tourette's. 
Yeah. As much as my <laughs> son does. He was already <laughs> wired for that. And now he's like simulating dog fights in the backyard with all these jets like running around. And um, did you have to skip through the love scene? Yes. Okay. Which he was not interested in it. So. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I it, just, I, I think about those movies and it's always like, well, how do you, because most of the movie is and then totally you appropriate. Like, oh, I watched this with my parents. And I was like, oh, can we like uh, <laughs> fast forward the beta tape <laughs> and skip past? Do we have just to sit to, leg to, to leg on the couch also? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but we watched the, uh, they did a remake, the Top Gun Maverick, which we watched on Friday. Sequel. Sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sequel. Yeah, it's no remake. I hear Thank it's you. good. Uh, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was good. Did you see it in the theater? No. Okay. No, we we, we bought it here and watched it. We you enjoyed that. it? Yeah, I mean, as much as I... As much as you love the military-industrial complex and all of it. <laughs> it's you know, what's funny <laughs> is I was, I was talking to a, a mutual friend of ours. He goes, yeah, we took our daughter to watch it in the theaters, and she just loved it. Yeah. He, I was like, yeah, my son was amped. Like, he woke me up at 5.30 the next morning to talk about the movie. Like, he was super excited. I was like, but then I had like these kind of misgivings. I'm like halfway through it, like, yeah. I mean, it's they're definitely showing you this glorious, you know, badass fighting machine, fighter pilot, you know, mm-hmm. hero thing. And I'm like, at what point do I talk to you about the military industrial complex? Yeah. And our friend was like, Yeah, was he nine? He's like, Yeah, that's a little young. Yeah. I would, I would wait. It's like maybe like a 12, 13 kind of thing. Not too young to indoctrinate him, though. Yes, yes. Right? Very true. Very true. God, I struggle with that a lot. You know, it's like you and I consider ourselves libertarians. Mm-hmm. Um, although every time I hear someone talk about libertarians, I'm always <clears throat> thinking not that kind of libertarian. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not the libertarian that you think that you're yeah. thinking of. Yeah, which is weird to me because the only kind of libertarians I know are Tom Woods and Bob Murphy and Dave Smith and correct, yeah, Pete Quinones, who wouldn't consider himself a, a libertarian. Yeah, he's 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 kind of jumped ship. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, but and he, that's also slowly become one of my favorite podcasts that I that I've listened to yeah, in quite a while. Yeah. Great podcast. Yeah. Highly recommend it. But uh he also talks about those guys. Yeah. Tom Woods as being, you yeah. know, the the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know that we are the libertarians that we think we are. I don't think we are. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's, there's I've, probably I've, no way to define the last the last Honestly, six to eight months, I've been kind of thinking about that. It's like I remember, I remember saying on this podcast, I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm coming to terms, you know, that I don't consider myself a capital letter anything. There are definitely ideas that I gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. If you put a gun to my head, like you have to sign up for a party, it's going to be libertarianism. Yeah, I was like, but they, I think if you are not, you know, involved in that movement or as a political party or even interested in into it, or you just one of those people that discounted it as some fringe fringe wing that thing, you tend to fall into the trappings of, you know, putting a giant umbrella term. It's like, yeah, there's this thing, libertarianism. And I've talked to people that are like, what's what's the libertarian perspective on, you know, X, you know, whatever, Rovis Wade or minimum wage or whatever. I'm like, you'd be surprised once you get into it. The libertarian movement is actually like 20 different parties at this point, and they do not get along, and they do not agree with each other. I mean, mm-hmm. they're civil. Some of them aren't, but it is, it is uh, since the movement has grown so much, particularly in the last, what, two to five years, it has become this, like, it's a, it's a very abstract concept at this point, and it, it's made up of just hundreds and you know, hundreds of, like, components that don't necessarily jive with each other from, part, from sub-party to sub-party. 
Yeah. Um, it's very interesting, though. So I listen to Glenn Beck mm-hmm. all the time. Um, you know, there's no more evidence you need than <clears throat> the fact that you and I are stoked on jet fighters and a movie like Top Gun, and we don't get, like, too, um, uh, like, cerebral about Like, you can differentiate mm-hmm. the difference between, you know, a badass piece of machinery yeah and you know what it's actually made for i don't know i think yeah there's there's a weird juxtaposition that goes on because (laughs) you and i are both very much mechanically inclined and fascinated with engineering and the way that things work yeah and you watch stuff like that and you're like this is based like loosely on kind of some real things the story is you know you know wholly fictional for sure but every time i see something like that or or we have like a giant crane on our job i'm just like I I love the engineering that this, yeah. there's just hundreds of years or, of just intellectual kind of like wisdom that came together to make this thing work, and we know exactly what it's going to do now, and it's going to progress even further after this. Or you, that is fascinating to me. Do you listen to Dan Carlin talk about the Genghis Khan? Yeah, and how advanced they were militarily with just yeah. a horse right. and a bow and arrow. Yeah, and how they just like dominated over every opponent they ever had and yeah. you just sit back going oh my god that's fucking awesome dude even though they murdered more people <laughs> than anyone else in the history of mankind i mean they make uh hitler look like a fucking boy scout you know they set the middle east back to the stone age i think when you just came up with a new liberty tree t- <laughs> t- <laughs> write that down <laughs> No, another good so, book on that is the uh, Empire of the Summer Moon. They're talking about with the Comanche tribes yes. since they they mastered like uh, you know horse riding and fighting off horseback. Whereas before then, it was like you ride your horse to the battle, you jump off, you kneel down with your bow or your musket or whatever. Yeah, and they just they were just this ruthless. I mean, they decimated right. everybody. No, they just kept based flying on this, in, this holding onto the side with their legs. Yeah, like they're doing that gymnast thing, except opposite like you know when your your gymnast friend like right. goes up to the stop sign and does like the t like the flag waving mm-hmm. in the wind but they would do it with their legs yeah we have to pay that ticket off by the way from last <laughs> week <laughs> so anyways i'm listening to uh glenn beck and he's talking about with uh with his buddy Stu. they're like god everything is just coming to such a head right now everyone but, is but culturally Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and they're like, well, where where's the Green Party? I mean, the uh, sorry, where's the Tea Party? Uh, the Green Tea Party. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> where's the Tea Party now? Like the Tea Party was here before. Just open another was, soda, by the yeah. way. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, you want to stay hydrated. And I was thinking, and uh, I was thinking, they both were just kind of like, yeah, like you would think this would be the time that you would see organization on the right to combat what's going on. Right. And guess, this hit me. You know where that organization is? Mm-mm. You'll never hear about it because it is not popular. But you know where that's going? Amway. Amway. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> I figured. Glad you made that transition. So I want to talk to you guys about uh, a little program <laughs> that I've been involved in lately. the libertarian party and the mises caucus yeah absolutely and look at the fire that they are receiving Mm -hmm. because of that from the lp from the libertarian party too from the republican party yeah and the republican party yeah yeah i mean how many times has uh really recently popular conservative voices gone after 
the Libertarian Party? Uh, it seems to be a daily thing right You now. had Crowder <laughs> yeah. do it? Ben Shapiro. Shapiro did mm-hmm. it? And most recently, uh, what's his name? Uh, name uh, Prager. Oh, really? Dennis Prager. I missed that one. Oh, you haven't listened to the latest Dave Smith? Uh-uh. Well, because every time they do that, Dave Smith, being the leader of the Mises, Mises Caucus, Caucus, essentially, Correct. for all intents and purposes, um, has to defend the Libertarian Party. Yeah. It's not even that he has to defend it. He, it's like an opportunity. It's kind of a good thing, I see it. Like, here's an opportunity to say, oh, great, someone really famous just came after the Libertarians. Here's it's, why they're wrong. It's So this is what we talked about uh, one or two episodes of, before, um, is that all these people are coming out and kind of attacking the, the Mises Caucus specifically, but also the liter- libertarianism. And we have been kind of noticing, you know, the COVID pandemic was just one of the greatest opportunities for libertarianism that we ever, we made more libertarians in the last two years than we have since the founding fathers started this whole experiment is when libertarianism, you know, with the Tea Party, as you brought up before, was always kind of dismissed as this fringe kind of wingnut thing. Yeah. It's like now when you have oh, they're mainstream, goofballs, right? yeah, yeah. Like main, the hippie, like uh, Ayn Rand called them the hippies of the right. Yeah, so it, you guys are basically like uh, conservatives, but like on the spectrum. And so like we're just going to kind of ignore you. Yeah. And that now that we have mainstream, like uh, corporately backed, you know, big time, like in the zeitgeist, important voices attacking libertarianism, we were kind of positing you know, a couple episodes before, like, this is a good sign. They, they are like, this is, they wouldn't be doing that if this wasn't a real threat to them, to their power and their hierarchy and their power structure. Right. Like they are, they are palpably feeling a threat, you know, from, from this movement and how many people are joining it and how quickly it is growing. Yeah. I see it as a great sign. You want to hear what uh, Prager had to say about it? Yeah, I would love to. So I, this is very condensed. Uh, I just took one little snippet of what he was saying. He did a whole, like long, long thing. Mm-hmm. He did it in a way too. I didn't see the video of it. I don't know what he was actually doing, but it was. Um, it was like he had like a sock puppet or something, or he could have, because the way he was talking is not like he talks in most of his videos and things. It was like he was kind of drunk or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine him just sitting back in his leather chair just, with a cigar and a gonna, glass of whiskey. Just and a, couple, just, a couple too just, deep. Yeah, just, exactly. Just ranting. It's like no, keep, just. Fucking keep it recording. We're going to catch up on Yellowstone, but let's fire up the cameras. (laughs) What have you morally achieved? I'm not talking about what have you achieved financially. (sighs) (sighs) Yep. (laughs) This party, with its principled candidates above all else, believes in limited government, which is to say they oppose socialism, and voila! When you split the anti-socialist vote, the socialist wins. If you can refute that one line, I will visit you and uh, offer you one of my finest cigars. Uh, Okay, so he's definitely in his cups. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah well uh dave smith fucking he rules right he's the best yeah and he just says like well guess what you're coming to visit because here you go really he, oh totally. awesome i mean how hard is that to refute yeah like what is so different about the republican party that you're saying everyone should be voting for and socialism mm-hmm. right 
Those guys passed the, you know, Donald Trump passed the biggest budget the world yeah. has ever seen and then bragged about it. Right. And he was supposed to be the anti-establishment guy. Yeah. In there. Yeah. Who were the who were the uh, Republican presidents before him? You know, George Bush. George Bush. The other like Bush. The, yeah. Reagan. Uh, those guys were limited government. I mean, you could make an argument for Reagan, but I believe the government grew under Reagan. Reagan, Reagan was in platitude. Uh, he still grew the military industrial complex. He still grew the budget. Yeah. Uh, I remember hearing about the budget when he was president that I think you and I talked about this. It was unheard of, but we had just reached $6 trillion. I remember, I remember learning, that. In, yes. learning in grade school, like, I, we're going to help you wrap your head around, you know, what $6 trillion is. You know, $6 trillion pennies goes to the moon and around and, and everything. Now, currently, we just went from $30 trillion to $31 trillion in our, with our deficit. Yeah. So, Every you know, Democrat, Republican, whatever you want to say, it's all going in one direction. And yeah. what, what people also uh, fail to mention when they talk about the deficit, I don't, I don't think, I think it's such an abstract concept because, not because it's such a large number, but because the notion of that going down is just an impossibility for anyone, uh, you know, alive today. It's like no, no, no. It's just something that keeps growing. Right. The idea of like trying to whittle that down, like I don't know. It's and, it's it's so it's just this abstract like foreign concept. It makes no sense. And no no one has ever had the intention of making it go down. Yeah. You know, they barely no. even gave it lip service. It was yeah. it's never like a thing like okay, well eventually we're going to bring this down. Yeah. Right. I and mean, if you ran your family that way, you know, imagine. Right. You're just like constantly increasing your credit card debt. Yeah. And your mortgages and you're like, eventually we're going to get a hold of this thing, right? And your parents are like, "Nope. Good luck, Junior." And they just peace out and die. Yeah. And you're, we're checking out, and here's here's all the credit card bills. Yeah. And then also th- think that here's something that people don't consider when they when they talk about that number is that we are at a thirty one trillion dollar deficit. Is people don't count in all the unfunded pension liabilities and unfunded you know public liabilities that we have. The estimates of that it puts it over one hundred trillion dollars. Like yeah. you just try to wrap your head around that number. And this is what breaks countries. It, it always has. It's, this is yeah because well, other people because been... other people own that debt. And when those people, you know, China, <laughs> when they call in that marker, like okay, we're gonna start making good on these pavements. That's what just chops a country off at the knees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that is the end game. At least, you know what? That is the only realistic end game. What's that? Is for us just to say, you know what? We're out. You know, we basically declare bankruptcy to the world and say we can't do it. Yeah. Now, we can do it responsibly and actually end everything, go back to a gold standard. You know, no one's going to trade with us, but we're a pretty self-sufficient country. We can deal with that. Yeah. Uh, Rebuild everything under a new system, um, much as described in the very last chapter of The Creature from Jekyll Island, which Mm -hmm. I recommend reading that chapter, if nothing else. I decide, or we I decide can go down today. the CBDC route. Oh, yeah. Which is full-on Great Reset, which is kind of the first thing you said. Like, look, we're wiping the slate clean. Um, we have the biggest military on Earth, so there's nothing you can do about it. And we're just starting everything over. We're going to start the clock back at zero. We're wiping, we're eliminating all debt. Um, we're going to do a CBDC, a central you know, uh, a digital currency. And this... We're just going to completely try something new. When I talk to it's, people about this stuff, and, and you know, when you talk about like how much that we have in a, you know, they're like, you know, when you count in the unfunded pension liabilities, like we're we're in debt a hundred trillion dollars at this point. 
when people shrug, I got, I don't like, what's that have to do with me? I'm all, what that has to do with you is like, that's why you are in your forties and you can't afford a house right now. Cause your dollar is not worth anything because of hyperinflation. We just keep to, you know, we're basically like, like coming off a Coke bender. I'm like, dude, I'm, I, it's like Monday morning and I'd feel so terrible. And you just keep doing Coke and you keep doing Coke. So yeah. hypothetically, I just knew people like this <laughs> is, is, uh, that's what we're doing with inflation. It's like, we're just going to keep printing more money, printing more money. And we're just talking about in California, like to offset the gas tax, which is state imposed. We're going to give our citizens in California a thousand dollar check to offset the gas tax. It's like, this is a snake eating its own tail. Like you, yeah. all you're doing is pumping more money into, into the economy, which makes your dollar worth less, which is like now your dollar can buy less gas with that money. It's exactly, it's, it's silly. It's interesting that our way of looking at it, uh, how to fix the problem and the evil psychopathic elites way of looking at, this problem mm-hmm. has the same kind of mechanism in it and that the dollar must be destroyed in order for one, well, in order for either outcome to happen. So in order for CBDC to be implemented, the dollar has to be destroyed mm-hmm. in order for us to get to back to a gold standard and actually create some, uh, an economy based on reality. They have to, we have to get rid of the dollar, right? The, the printed money is, is the whole problem. Yeah, they were facing right. So either way, you have to get rid of this. And your analogy of the the coming off the bender is very apropos because yeah. you're there that morning, you're just head in your hands, dead hooker next to you, <laughs> fucking. You know, <laughs> the cops are banging on the door in Minecraft, and, <laughs> and one person is offering you salvation through methadone which is the cbdc and the other person is offering you salvation through i mean let's just call it let's just call it religion or mm-hmm. you know jesus christ right you like, have look, to you, we're, gonna, we're gonna have a white knuckle couple weeks and then i'm gonna get you exercising i'm gonna get you eating real food and it's yeah. gonna be the worst hell you've ever been through but when you come out of that other end we're gonna be solvent yeah, and we're gonna be more. We're gonna be legitimate. Exactly. We're gonna be the strongest that we've ever been. Exactly. That's hard to sell to someone coming off of coke. It bender. is. You know what? But it is the right thing to do. And people come off of coke bender, coke benders, and choose choose that all the time. Yeah. They choose life. They choose like in the end of uh, fucking train spotting. Choose life. Yeah. You know, and that's what we have to do. We cannot allow this central bank digital currency to take hold that to yeah be the that, easy the, out the, the from cbdc this disaster that they started intentionally the cbdc is the end of liberty and the end of personal autonomy and individualism it is that that is to me that is the breaking point is once that we give all of our freedom of movement pre- freedom of purchasing power over to a centralized banking control that is it it's like because then we don't have to. We no longer have to have these debates about like, uh, you know, PayPal's going to find you for spreading quote unquote disinformation. Uh, we're going to get you, get your channel demonetized off of YouTube or Google. You know, we're going to um, we're going to petition your work to get you fired because you wrote the wrong thing about Black Lives Matter back in the day. It's there will be no more debates. There's there's no there's no recourse at that point. It's we control your purchasing power. 
you know, we're not going to talk to you. We're not going to bother with you about climate change and, and the environment and what meat does to it. We're only going to just let you buy so much meat. You, you, right. know, you get 30 bucks a month to buy meat. Yeah. Other than that, we just, we shut your shit off. Uh, we're not going to talk to you about like uh, riding public transportation. Like you can only buy so much gas. Like you are giving over, you know, for the people that think this is a good idea, you have to like relinquish. <laughs> you have to really think about the fact that you are giving over all of your personal freedom to some bureaucratic entity, a giant state, and this state, a has, website, yes, a a math program that yeah. someone came up with, yeah, and you're gonna have some low level intern, you know, clicking buttons deciding, yeah, like, uh, nah, I don't. That's too much alcohol this month. You know, that's you've yeah. driven too much this month. Click, yeah. So, <laughs> speaking of uh, benders, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we're getting personal here. The other morning. Uh, my my boy was it was just about time to go to school, <clears throat> and he told Gertrude that he had a stomachache. She's like, "Oh, did I give you too much pancakes?" And he's like, "Yeah, I think so." And so I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm sorry. I drink some water. Let's uh, let's get you ready for school." He's like, "Okay, I can't go to school until I get my wallet. I want to take my wallet with me to school." She's like, "Okay, I hope you find your wallet." So she's looking around in his room. She looks under his bed. And she finds an empty syrup bottle. <laughs> Maple syrup. He had taken the syrup bottle out of the fridge, and it had like this, like an inch of syrup left in, well, you know, enough for another round of pancakes left in the bottle, yeah. in the bottom, right? And she's like, what the hell is this? She keeps looking around. She finds the other bottle of syrup in there. Dude, I'll show you a freaking picture of it. The bottle, the second bottle was not full. She had opened it because uh, she couldn't find the first bottle. Yeah. Right? And so um, it had a little bit taken out of it, but it was drained all the way down to... Dude, look at this. Oh, my God. Homeboy was... Crackhead was in his room (laughs) with the door shut, just lips up to the bottle, just gut, 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 gut. Pounding maple syrup. I I have a crackhead yeah, on my hands. Yeah, that's that's. Um, I'm seriously wondering, like, how so, do I? So, okay, okay. So I'm gonna help you out here. Hold your boy. Four, he's four. Okay, right. I, I, I do not know if he's three or four. My boy's nine. This is par for the course. <laughs> you are raising it's, a perfectly normal, functioning American boy. It's not so much the sugar. I get it. It's the hiding it under the bed part that really freaks me out. <laughs> We're at the point now is any time that my wife and I will just look. We were like, we are so in, in tune with each other. We're like, we're like why is it so quiet right now? Yeah. It's too quiet. I know and what you mean. We were doing that camping, like kick the door in, like where, where'd he go? <laughs> Why is it so quiet? And I walked in and we had bought, cause we were going to do uh pulled pork sliders. So we bought all the legit, we did made this coleslaw. I'm at this by the, um, the legit King's Hawaiian rolls, man, two bags. They <laughs> get ate two bags of Hawaiian oh rolls. God. He's sitting on my bed with the back to the door, and he's got them like in his lap, sitting like Indian style. <laughs> he, he turns around like when I open the door, he turns around. It's just like it's like it's like it's like burrowing out of his lips. He's got so much bread in his mouth. He's it's like, like what's what wrong? Gollum. <laughs> I had to laugh. I couldn't Honey, get, get the hose. <laughs> I was like, how insane are you right now? Oh my God! Sorry, I had to insert that thing. That was the 
funniest, the scariest thing that's happened in a while to me. So, um, I have some news. <clears throat> You're pregnant. No. Although I could be. It's 2022. This is true. Uh, I'm coming out of show retirement. I Music? Have, I haven't, yes. What? No, I'm not playing a show. Oh. Yeah, I'm done with that shit. Okay. Uh, I'm going to see a show. Ah. Yeah, I'm, I'm farther down the misanthrope <laughs> road than I guess you thought. <laughs> Is I had... Yeah, that's definitely more social. I had done some calculations, and I was like, I haven't been to a show in four years. Okay. And... I was talking to my wife about it. I was like, I just, you know what? It's, I used to go to, I mean, I spent over half my life playing music, touring in bands. I mean, I've seen 10,000 shows probably in my life or been a part of it. Um, It just got to the point. It wasn't, I still loved music. I'm a geek for music. I love like researching it out and finding new bands. Uh, But the idea of driving somewhere, late at night sitting in a giant club like packed full of people it's it's the people that like get to me sure it's like i don't know there's there's if there's like 400 people here um at least 10 percent of them are probably maniacs with like a loose screw and then that one person is gonna like do something and then every, you know society goes to like an lcd kind of behavioral <laughs> kind of route and you know now we're all stabbing each other with broken beer bottles and brawling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How many shows have you been to where that happened? Uh, you know what? It's in the double digits. Really? When you grow up going to hardcore shows, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty violent scene. Um, but we started talking about, like, what, you know, what would it take you to go to another show? It's like, I don't know. There are a few bands, you know, that, you know, the last show I ever saw was a band called Converge which is my longest running like favorite band of all time. And I've been, I've seen them multiple times, you know, for over the last oh, couple of decades or whatever. But then something came up and it's coming to a local venue to us. And I think that we should all go. Really? It's something that you don't pass up. Okay. You in? We need a drum roll for you to introduce this right here. <laughs> well, we're going to buy a bunch of tickets. I'm in. I'll just say, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm in. Okay, cool. Who is it? Not who, but what? The really? Price is Right is coming to us. Stop it. <laughs> no. <laughs> is it? Yes. Dude, did you ever watch that? <laughs> Did you ever watch the documentary about the guy that figured out how to win prices right? Yes. <laughs> we need to watch that. <laughs> I was talking to my wife and she goes, You know what's coming to the blank, you know, a big venue bias? And I was like, I don't know, what? She goes, The price is right. I was like, I'm in. And get a bunch of tickets. Like, we're all going. Hell yeah. It's going to be badass. Let's fucking do this. And we're going to try to get, the, I have like two or three friends that are like on my hot list. We need to get them on the show. Okay. If we get one of them on there. Because the whole yes. thing would go off the rails. Okay, we need to coach them up. Yes. Because you got to interview, basically. Do, and you got to take some time. Yeah. Hours in line. Yeah. Well, we're going to coach them up. Like, here's how you get on the show. Yes. Once you're on the show, just say everything that you ever wanted to say. Totally. You know, you know just talk about, you know, the, the, the Freemasons and currency, the Central Bank and the, the, and the, and the, and the, and the chemtrails, like everything. Just Fucking like surveillance this, birds. This, this is your chance. You got to do this for us. <laughs> 
You know what's weird is is uh, when I was thinking about that, I was like, oh, I should talk about that on the podcast. And then um, I was like, oh, I should look up the uh, theme. I found the theme that mm-hmm. I just played for you. Someone remixed that on the YouTube and made an hour and a half version of the Price is Right theme. Did they re-record it or they just mixed the original theme? I think they like mixed and edited it. So it's like they didn't re-record it. Do you have it up right now? Uh, No. But I, when you skip ahead to like the 70 minutes. No, yeah, mark, I did. I was like, are you sure? And I kept skipping around. I was like, yeah, it just it goes on for 90 minutes. Just the same thing over and over again? Or did yeah, they yeah, actually yeah. put they, they some... made like They made like these seamless transitions, so it just keeps going for 90 minutes. Okay. Huh. Which, <laughs> which made me How think. many views did that have? <laughs> 40,000. Hmm. <laughs> we are in the wrong business, my friend. <laughs> and it made me, it just sent me down like this like tailspin of like, I went out. I after I did that, I was like, I was kind of like shocked. I was like, wh- who? So what? Like third stage syphilis, like maniac, like went home. And like I'm gonna remix this, make it nine minutes long. I'm gonna put it on YouTube. And you like, okay, like- you're crazy. Oh wait, no. Like I got forty thousand views, <laughs> and so it makes me think that like I went out and did yard work after that. It just like I need to let this like marinate, <laughs> like the existence that this this is here on this major platform and this many people watched it. So obviously like it caters to someone's desires. And I like most morally conscious people, like I'm constantly debating like the existence of like higher power. Like what is this higher power? Are we here for a reason? Is this all accidental? And it just, those are the kind of things like, so for example, when I go hunting, I go out to the woods and look around at these mountains and just, I can see for miles in this, in this forest and the sun's coming up over the mountains, and you go like, "This, this is just too much to take in. This is not an accident. It can't be like this. This, everything's too like intentional. It's too. There's too much purpose. This is too beautiful. Like, it's like there has to be something bigger here. But then when you come back to society, and you get on a computer, and you saw some like maniac remixes the Price is Right theme, and makes a 90 minute version of it, and you go like, I don't know." Maybe we're just a bunch of primates clinging to a rock going 17,000 miles an hour through space. And like, this is all random and an accident and it's all going to end in flames here. And, you know, I don't know, between five and a hundred years and something else will take our place. Who knows? So the price is, I'm saying the price is right theme just sent me into a theological tailspin that I'm still trying to work myself out of. Well, I, I've been doing a little bit of research on YouTube because, uh, Clearly, we need to be there. If 40,000 people are going to watch the Price is Right theme. Remix. Remix, 90 minutes long, then I would guess we could get a couple hundred to <laughs> see our <laughs> stupid rants. Um, and so what I've, what I've learned is that YouTube does things in very weird ways, in particular yes. ways. So the... For example, there's settings on your stream that you can have where people can only comment if they've been a subscriber for more than five minutes, which is, I don't know, Mm -hmm. it's just strange. Mm -hmm. Um, So what probably, those 40,000 views have to have been just like 10 seconds (laughs) each, right? 
I nobody really, really hopes. So. I would like to see how many people actually watched all ninety minutes. <laughs> it's straight up like Buffalo Bill shit. Some what, dude in high heels, like <laughs> smearing lipstick, like over up over his nose, like tapping. It's just, it's just and when it's over, he's like, "Dang it!" He's, it's re- he's doing re-plan. the mangina in the mirror, just like listening to it, going over his kill list for the week. Do you think the guy that made it ninety minutes was like, "Should I do sixty or 90? <laughs> Dude, you want to hear something fucked up? He sent it off to his one friend. He's like, it's good, dude. It's real good. It's a little short. I yeah. Be honest with you. <laughs> uh, you want to hear something fucked up? More fucked up than someone doing the mangina, putting on lipstick, listening to the Price is Right theme. Excellent point. Okay. Uh, let me bring it down a notch. Okay. Actually, I know. I, I honestly think this is more fucked up. Really? Okay. Kind of. Um... Some people might disagree with me on this, but uh, I'm going to leave the names out of it. Uh, A friend of mine was just telling me that in his son's school, they do sex ed, Mm -hmm. which is nothing new, right? Mm -hmm. I had sex ed when I was a kid, and uh, I think I was in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Did you have sex ed? Yeah. In my sex ed class, they taught us, like, where uh, babies come from. Mm-hmm. They taught us how not to get STDs, mm-hmm. wear a condom. Um, they taught you about the, you know, about sex and the repercussions of, of sex mm-hmm. and, you know, how it would ruin your life if you got pregnant as a teenager and, and stuff like that. Well... My buddy who was telling me the story said he was talking to his, his friend's dad, and the way that this came up was that they were talking about public schools, mm-hmm. and his friend's dad is a like just flaming liberal and is 100% in support of public schools. Mm-hmm. And I'll be, you know, it's this shit just keeps happening, where people that are super liberal, they are waking up. They yeah. keep hearing stories like the one I'm about to tell that make them go, holy shit. Yeah. And they start kind of coming around to what's going on around them, right? So um, what my friend told his friend's dad was that... I, I, you I, I can already tell at some point in this story that we are going to reach the fork in the road where we distinguish the difference between um, left and liberal, which is something that we hit on quite a bit. Yeah, probably. Um, I'll let you add that. Uh, so he tells his friend's dad, he said, look, you know, you, you don't all the respect in the world for this guy. He says, you don't really understand what's going on. My son just came home from school and told me that in his sex ed class, they had sex ed this week. They spent two days on heterosexual sex and they spent three days on homosexual sex. Really? And they were taught shit like how to give blowjobs. Like the guys had to learn. How old? He is uh, 15. Wow. So high school. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about it, it doesn't make any sense that you would give three days to homosexual sex and two days to heterosexual sex. Because homosexual sex, like you kind of get two birds of one stone. You know, you teach 
a guy, <laughs> homosexual sex, yeah, it so, applies for both so, ends of the yeah, spectrum. Yeah. I mean, just as a case for you know efficiency, you know, hats off. It's way more efficient. Exactly. It should be two days of homosexual sex, three days of heterosexual. You have to teach both body parts. Dude, right? good point. Let's go fucking dancing again. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> and I was just fucking blown away, much as his flaming liberal uh, friend's dad was. Yeah. <coughs> sex ed for us was not about teaching you about how to have sex how to have sex it wasn't teaching you porn basically yeah it was about like kind of cautioning you about sex make sure you know about it so that you don't get yourself into trouble which makes a lot of sense you know and that's why anyone can support it yeah it wasn't like how to hook up one-on-one right exactly god i mean i can't even say it's just thinking about my friend's son like it's just it's just uh smut basically (laughs) The fucking material that they are given yeah, yeah. is like two dude, two naked dudes, like in the bathtub together or something like that. They're yeah. literally giving them this material. We never had that. No, I mean, do you remember watching cartoons when you were a kid? Yeah, we had to figure that, that out ourselves at soccer camp. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to go there. The, <laughs> we had a similar conversation. Like, ah, never mind. I'm not gonna go there. The uh, <laughs> You remember watching cartoons when you were a kid, and it would end, and the 700 Club would come on, mm-hmm. and you're like, fuck! <laughs> like, who are these? This is like, why is this following cartoons? It's the most boring yeah. shit in the world. Well, those guys would talk about, what, what was the, the main guy? Uh, uh, not Falwell. He, um, Jerry Falwell? On it was Jerry Falwell. I don't think he was, was a 700 uh, Club, though. Robertson? Uh, John, uh, Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson. Yeah. Um, and they would say things like, look, if we allow... I'm a little, I'm a little rusty on my 80s <laughs> evangelist. <laughs> Right-wing evangelist. <laughs> if, if we allow gay people to, you know, whatever their thing was, you know, kiss in public or, right. you know, get married or I don't know what they were ranting about because I would turn it off very quickly. But they, I remember them always saying, you know, we allow them to do this now. Next thing you know, they're going to be coming for your kids. Mm-hmm. And that just sounded like the most bigoted, yeah. ridiculous nonsense. Yeah. Right? I remember actively thinking that. And and I'm not saying it's gays coming after our kids. In fact, I, I, I think it's... It's not. It's, it's not, not gay. It's socialists coming after our kids, yeah, to be honest you with have, you. Yeah, you have, it's the you state. Groups it's, like gays against groomers who were kicked off uh, PayPal. It's it's actual like the, the legitimate like groomers, the, right? Yeah, right, the, right. The, you know the the yes, the old school like gays going like we fought yeah. for decades to have equal rights, yeah, and you guys are shitting all over everything. It, they it, never, their, their movement is being hijacked exactly by, by Marxists. It's not has nothing exactly. to do with gay. Has nothing it's to do with trans. It's about destroying our culture. It's, yeah, it's about destroying the culture. It's yeah. about ruining the Western family structure. It's it's it's. It's and, insane to watch. Yeah, and those guys, Pat Robertson and them, they actually were right. You let that you're opening the door to them coming after your kids next, and they're doing it in schools. They're doing it with the transgender movement. Mm-hmm. They're doing it with the drag queen story hour stuff. Like, and they're using. They're frankly, they're using gays to achieve that. They're using this protected class to get yeah, away they, with they're, it. They're hijacking the movement. Yeah. Sure. How fucked up is that? Can you believe that? 
I mean, you've yes, said I it can. for years, get your kids out of <laughs> public school, but it's not that easy for most people. As so, when you were, I uh, thought you were dying in the hospital, and I need to remind you again, I lost forty bucks on that. But it still uh, might be. <laughs> Don't settle that bet yet. It's true. We did not set a uh, a, a certain time. <laughs> Is uh, I, I talked a lot about um, the concept of mass formation and how mm. it, it pertained to the like porn COVID pandemic. No, that's something else. Oh, what did you say? That's something you learn in public school. Mass formation. Mass formation is. I talked a lot about Matt, uh, Matthias Desmet, and he wrote uh, extensively on the concept of mass formation because he is a clinical psychologist uh, from the University of Gent in Belgium, but he also happens to have a master's in uh, statistics, and he was looking at the mathematical modeling of like Sweden, for example. They're saying if we don't lock down. In Sweden, there's going to be over 80,000 deaths. And Sweden goes, we're not going to lock down. Right. And there were less than 6,000 deaths, I think. And so from a statistical kind of perspective, that's what kind of cued his interest. And then from there, he brought it into more of his clinical psychology training, I guess. And he kind of formulated the thing that I think us in our social circle, all of us kind of had this in our minds, but we weren't able to articulate it because we didn't have 30 years of schooling in the specific thing. Right. He was able to parse it out and kind of take, you know, here's, here's what you guys are thinking. Here's, here's what it actually is. And that is the, 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 the notion of mass formation psychosis or just mass formation as he puts it. And <clears throat> the basis of what he is saying is I tied this stuff back to Ted Kaczynski in industrial society and its future. Right. Okay. <laughs> industrial society and its future. I always get that mixed up with uh, society and its discontents. Yeah. By, uh, was that? Uh, Judy Bloom. Freud? <laughs> oh, Freud, yeah. Was it? I always get those two mixed up. Society and its discontents. Yeah. Is uh, what Ted Kaczynski writes about. He calls it the over-socialization of our culture. Right. And what he is referring to is... Which Jordan Peterson talks about. Yes. Uh, a lot. Yeah. So, so the all these people are talking about the, the, the kind of the same kind of phenomenons, but they, they call it different things. Uh, I give a big kind of tip of the cap to Uncle Ted back in the day because he was writing about this stuff in the 70s. So he was basically, you know, laying out the maps of what would become social media before there was such a thing, before there was even the internet. He's talking about people substituting their relationships and their connection to the natural real world. And substituting it with, you know, technology and industrialization and, you know, stimulation from stimulation from just these complete like arbitrary kind of surrogate activities that, that you wrote about all the time. Um, I always thought like a good metaphor for this was 
Okay, so this wild hypothetical situation, like what if someone like hijacked our food system and like intentionally like big multinational corporations came in and like instead of giving you real organic food to the population, we're going to replace it with chemicals and GMOs and <laughs> these wildly processed, you know, corporation driven, you know, foods, you know, that have little nutritional value, a ton of side effects with their weird chemicals and slowly like poison the entire population. Right. With the help of, I mean, that would never happen unless the government were to help them do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, um, that same thing happens to your mind is what you have to kind of consider is like, if, if you are, um, t- you know, substituting like real natural, you know, experiences, you know, going mm. on a hike with a friend, doing yard work with your wife, having mm-hmm. like a tight community bond, uh, going out with your, the guys you work with, you build something tangible and you go out after work and have a barbecue or a beer or something like that. Mm-hmm. You're know, going fishing with your son or, you know, taking your you know wife on a drive to the coast, whatever it is. And you substitute that with, uh, looking at your, scrolling through your phone and Facebook and Instagram and arguing on Twitter yeah. is waiting in line at the price is right auditions. <laughs> Okay, so that would be in the first category. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, a good thing? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Dang it. Is, I always get that wrong. Is your body, and we have seen this with obesity rates and, you know, health and obesity rates in kids, you know, with as as soon as we did this big, like, monocrop, you know, chemical-laden GMO, like, food processing system that we did, and we've seen, you know, obesity and, and sickness and heart disease and diabetes and everything, like, skyrocket through the roof in the last few decades – the same thing is happening to our minds, right? As we sit there and fixate on all this like social media, like garbage, yeah, and 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 the internet and Twitter and corporate media, it's like we're doing the the same things to our minds. And this is what Ted Kaczynski was talking about. This, go ahead. Well, I always I I, I feel like when I hear these arguments, it's the same argument I hear about sports. Mm-hmm. It's not that black and white. You know, I can go on. Instagram. I mean, I, I pull up my phone every once in a while when someone brings it up mm-hmm. to check my Instagram usage. <clears throat> right. It's like 12 minutes a day. Okay. And I don't use anything else. I, I go on Twitter every once in a while to see, you know. Who hates you? Yeah. <laughs> see how I'm doing in that latest <laughs> argument that I've been in. <laughs> Usually not good. Uh, and I think that the a healthy mind, a healthy person with a healthy mind can deal with that stuff and without being in such absolutes. Correct. You know, of yep. just being terrible for you and yep. using yep. it at all is, you know, I mean, you could say the same thing about alcohol. You could say the same thing about a lot of things that are deemed bad for you. You can do them in a way that's, you know, and that's, you know, moderation. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. And sports is the same way. Most people, most of my friends don't like sports mm-hmm. and they think that it's a, uh, just like the opiate, kind of of the masses right type of deal but it's you know it's all in the the person that's being subjected correct to this stimuli Mm -hmm. from the exterior just like you know i've been on painkillers a lot lately i there's nothing i want less than a (laughs) painkiller right now it is the worst feeling it is just it's there's nothing enjoyable about Mm -hmm. painkillers but some people for some reason 
just get fucking it ruins their lives. It takes yeah. over and they yeah they take one and that's it. This is yeah. what I want to do for no one. And I, so I think there's some subtlety to that. Well, that, well, two things. It's uh, I think it it's depends on how you're wired, which um, I think I'll explain in just a sec. But it's also yes, these things exist on a spectrum. It's not a black or white thing. It's not yeah. a binary system. It also depends how old you are. Yeah. If you're a child Be- taking Vicodin, that's way different than a 43 year old man. Right. Correct. Yeah. And if anyone like so, Same so, so, do you, so to stick with the sports metaphor is if someone goes like, "Oh, you watch sports? That's such a waste of time." And you go like, "Okay, are you 100 percent efficient with everything you do? You're always like doing something like super productive." Like, no, you dick off. You look at your phone. You look at if if you look at Instagram for 40 minutes a day and you want to give someone a hard time for watching sports, like that makes you a fucking hypocrite. Yeah, it's like they're all surrogate activities. Like we all need to just like check out for a bit. You know what I mean? So. When, as Ted Kaczynski explained this as the process of like over socialization, is Matthias Desmet, the guy who the the clinical psychologist who was recently on the Glenn Beck program, mm-hmm. you just brought I listened up, to it. yeah, and we you know we we've been talking about him like a little while, a little, couple episodes ago. He explains all this as <clears throat> is as we as we switch as we replace real meaning relationships and our connection to the the natural world and like having like real organic relationships with other people with technology industrialization you know social media computers the internet everything is there's no doubt i mean i don't think there's any argument against that we have created like just these skyrocketing rates of depression and anxiety and what he refers to as free-floating anxiety there's all this anxiety like floating around in our society. Like people are feeling it. And yeah. I think that's I mean statistically proven yeah. true at this point. And anecdotally. I mean yeah. find someone who doesn't resonate with what you just said. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. And so what it what this does is it it produces a need for people to have like a locus of control. They feel like they're powerless. Which also take as this he talks about their their backslide in the power process. Like I have, I just don't have any control over the natural world anymore. Like it's just the world is something that just happens to me, and I just I feel powerlessness. I feel powerless, and it is creating like just this anxiety and depression and aggression in a lot of people. And once you, if you can introduce something into a society, into it, like where they can fixate on that and give them that power, that sense of control back, like, they will gravitate towards that immediately. Like, it's the catalyst to get rid of that free-floating anxiety that they're already feeling because they're going to feel like a sense of control once again. And that's what they did with the COVID pandemic. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's pretty wild. Such a great yeah point. When, and I heard him say that. I was like, you know, that rings such a bell. It's, yeah. You're, you're taking away people's uh, autonomy and then giving them back a little dopamine hit from right some control yeah and with this put on a mask yeah with this depression and anxiety so uh he's saying like one of the subsets like you have to look at um one of the symptoms of this kind of phenomenon is ritualistic behavior yeah which is like happens in cults and it happens with mass formation it's it's things that don't make sense if you're on the outside like us in our social circle where we just watch the whole covid pandemic happen from the sidelines we almost watch it like a movie like this is bizarre right like people wearing two masks people wearing a mask in the car alone 
wearing gloves, mask around their chin for <laughs> that one. I still have not made sense of. And when things don't make sense like that, it's like, no, they are engaging in this ritualistic behavior. And that is coming from this mass formation. And what they're doing is they are doing this to raise the flag to the other people. Like I have no, I have all this anxiety. I have this depression. I have this like aggression in my mind because I feel like I don't have a locus of control in my mind. And when I do these other things, like when I engage in the ritualistic behavior, like that means I'm part of this group all of a sudden. And I can look around. I can, you know, now we do the fist bump instead of shaking hands. Like we all grow our hair out all of a sudden. Like, hey, you can't go to the barber, right? Like, no, motherfucker, you got scissors at home. Don't give me this fucking shit. Like, why are you growing a beard right now? You don't have, you don't have razors. Like, it became like, it's a ritual. Like, it's it's a sign. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, we are the same primates right now. Right. And it's it's wild to watch when you're witnessing it from the sidelines. It was. I remember him <laughs> saying in that uh, interview that I listened to with him that uh, I, I believe the interviewer asked him, "Why do some people not fall prey?" To that them? was fascinating to me. Yeah. And I've been. That's all I've been thinking about for like four days now. And his answer was like, "Well, we don't really know." Yeah. But it's always a very heterogeneous group. Yeah. So it's not like all the black people are resistant to the COVID right. stuff. Or, you know, there's any discernible reason or characteristic that makes people resistant. But for some reason, some people don't fall prey to the hypnotism. And I always, I, I instantly thought of my experience at the Humboldt County Fair. Yeah. The lady trying to hypnotize me. And she was just like, go back, like, get out of here. Like, she's like, you don't belong here. <laughs> you know, she's like, you're just not one of us, so go away. Then you try to sell her Amway? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I took her mic and tried to sell the crowd the Amway. That's the move. <laughs> that, uh, Amway is a sponsor on this show. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I listened to that podcast, is. There was so much going on, and I was like, well, I'm pretty up to speed on all this stuff because I just happened to do a podcast about it, you know, two, three weeks ago or whatever. And But when he said that question, mm-hmm. when he posed that question, like, why is it that just a certain percentage of people just don't fall prey to this? Like, I shut I shut it down. I stopped. And I was doing yard work. Yeah. I was just, like, shoveling gravel going, like, this that is one of the most interesting questions I've heard in such a long time. Yeah. And it's like, I, I need to kind of like put this out in the ether and like, I want to hear what other people have to say about this. Cause it's because not, it's not as simple as intelligence. No, no, absolutely not. You can be very intelligent and fall prey to I th- mass formation. I think I can answer that individually for myself. I can I, too. I can't answer it for other people. though. I, I know that I'm just never going to fall prey. Yeah. There, it's not like if the right mass formation uh, theme comes along, mm-hmm. it's going to get me. Yeah. I'm always going to be skeptical. I've right. never been into joining groups. I've always been skeptical of authority. And I know you have too. Yeah. I just think I'm wired personally. I think I'm wired to question. Yeah. And it's annoying, I think, to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. Yeah. I don't mind being annoying. You yeah, know? you yeah, know what you, I mean. You, like you, I annoy you being, <laughs> you being annoying right now is the cost of like right now of why like you don't have Bell's palsy or fucking blood clots. <laughs> so, I, I if you if you take this idea back, I mean, it seems like you know 
<laughs> pretty much on the same page of this stuff, but it made me think there was a recent episode with uh, Clint Russell at Liberty Lockdown, and he titled it Never Forget. Are we getting and, paid for all these plugs that we do during this show? <laughs> no. We really Hopefully should Hopefully they give us a shout out <laughs> or add us on Twitter for Christ's sake. <laughs> God forbid. Is he did a whole episode, which was two or three episodes back, and I just, I really, really would suggest that people listen to it. It is fascinating. And he just said, like, don't listen. He's like, I've, I've forgiven people personally for the way that I was treated over for not taking lockdown seriously, not wearing the mask, not getting the vaccine. He's like, but don't forget how these people fucking treated you. Do not forget that. It's like, and he played a montage of just mm. all these like, major media personalities coming out and saying like no these people should be shouldn't be allowed in the hospital for healthcare they shouldn't uh be allowed into stores like full like cast system he's saying don't forget how they treated you and this goes back to the mass formation stuff in my mind because what I remember I that it was going around for a while is it okay to laugh uh if someone dies from covid yeah. who was an anti-masker or an anti-vaxxer yeah no, there were people celebrating online. If yeah. someone's like, I didn't get the vaccine, and they died. And There's actual debate going on. Yeah, I think it's okay to laugh. Or no, you shouldn't laugh at yeah. people for dying. It's like... Yeah, smart smart people fucking, talking about this. This yeah. is... this is this kidding is, me? This is the devastating end result of the extreme of mass formation, you know, mass formation psychosis. Yeah. You know, its most logical extreme would be... This, this is the same kind of psychological phenomenon that happened in 1940s Germany, for mm-hmm. example. But... Oh, you're not allowed to bring up. No, Hitler. <laughs> Point being is that once you understand that the origins of this just bizarre like behavioral phenomenon comes from mass formation, and it's the same thing that would happen in 1940s Germany, the same thing that happens now with the COVID regime and, and people calling out for the caste system or celebrating people dying because they're not vaccinated or they didn't want to wear a mask, is if the origins of mass formation comes from a mental like unhealthiness, from free-floating anxiety. And once you understand that if you compare 1940s Germany, the world, and now here in 2022, is like, you know, just from the hip, are we more mentally healthy now than we were back then? Or are we more mentally volatile and unhealthy right now? I don't think there's any argument to be made once you look at the uh, depression and the anxiety rates and, you know, kids being fucked up and just SSRIs and giving people, like, psychological drugs. Well, now, I don't know enough about Weimar Germany, mm-hmm. but it's my understanding that it was a lot more similar to today than... It was definitely more similar to America today than it was to America mm-hmm. in 1930. So, so a lot of that same stuff was going on there. So, okay. you know, all so, the, the so for, transgender stuff was really big. Back then, yeah, with them. Hitler was very inflation anti-trans. was out of control there. Yeah, um, yeah. What did you say, Hitler? What Hitler was very anti-trans. As it turns out, it turns out he was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is uh, so when you look at um, just from a psychological perspective of like those two different problems. Let's just say they're the same for argument's sake, as you're saying. Let's mm-hmm. say like it's comparable that America is in the same spot that 1940s, 1940s Germany is. And we look back at 19, you know, well, technically when it started, 1930s Germany, it's like, how does, like, how does something like that, like, take root and take hold? And, like, I'm glad we learned that lesson. That's never going to happen again. Mm-hmm. It's like, we are the exact same people now 
that we were back then. So don't gloss over the fact that that's not going to happen again. And right. I would argue the way some of the things that we're seeing in our country today, like we're laying the groundwork for something very similar to happen. In fact, we have people outright calling for people to be put in gulags, be put in, in prison camps, re-education camps, you know, being locked out of society, not being able to work, not to have a bank account, not to be able to go to a store, not to be able to have a driver's license, like the exact same thing kinds of happen. I'm not trying to be like hyperbolic as I'm saying, like, don't be just dis- dismissive. Like, yeah, that was something that happened a long time ago. That was less than a century ago. And this is how these What's things the happen. And this mass formation psychosis is the groundwork for which it lays out. Uh, you know, uh, go, going to uh, the, uh, you know, my mind's going blank now. What's happening? What, what, I can't remember. I'm going to lose track. My mind's going blank now. What are you talking about? What the hell's going on here? Where the hell are you? My mind's going blank now. I can't remember. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. What am I doing here? My mind's going blank now. Where am I heading? I keep forgetting I'm present. Last night on the, the television, uh, uh, television, I was on a telephone rapidly rising uh, 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 and with, uh, with uh, I don't know. COVID has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's lives reflected in the A-A-N-H-E-I-I-I-I-I. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot of him, we're going to seize the building gotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Anyway, I'm, my mind's going blank now. What's happening? What, what, I can't remember. I'm going to lose track. My mind's going 